When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Happy Friday, everybody. Maybe we're a minute late. Maybe we had some difficulties getting in today, but we're here. And as Barbara says to start off the show, please, lightly, just tap that right. like button on your way in. Smash it. Smash it. You don't have to destroy it. <laughs> I was I was listening to uh, so I, I'm behind the times when it comes to music. I'm always way behind when it comes to learning about new music and even like bands that I that I like. And sometimes I'll just go a while without listening to them. And I, I like today I've been re-listening or I've been listening to the first time an album that came out two years ago. Uh, the the latest album by Memphis Mayfire. Okay. And it has been it's been a lot of smashing this morning uh, because mm-hmm. of it. Anybody knows anything about Memphis Mayfire? Nice. They, they can smash. So smash the, the like button. The Super Bowl halftime show from last week got me into a really big late 90s, early 2000s hip hop R&B kick. So that's what I've been into, I guess, <laughs> over this last week. It's been a fun ride. I'll tell you that when it comes to that. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy football Friday. Today is February 16th, 2024. He's Chris Halleck. I'm Corey Christen, as we are at 3 p.m. Eastern, live on YouTube on DK Pittsburgh Sports for the Southside Beat. As Steeler Lee said, we're not going to mention that one position. We made a pact at the end of the show yesterday. We'll see. <laughs> let's, let's go as much as we can without talking about a certain we'll position. See. And we thought today would be a great day to get some questions in from the chat, I did. from those that tune in daily, that want to know about the Steelers. And as Sebastian says here, hasn't really been any news as of late. That's kind of how it works. There's kind of a calming before the storm, so to speak, after the Super Bowl. Yeah, this and, is, uh, and this is kind of what happens. This is kind of a lull right now up until the combine kicks off in about a week and a half. There are two dead periods throughout the year when it comes to the NFL. Uh, one is significantly more of a dead period than the other. And right now we're in the, uh, uh, the not as dead, but still kind of a dead period. And that's the gap between the Super Bowl and the combine. Yep. Uh, a lot of what you're going to see now is going to be um, coaching hires, coaching. You, you most of the firings have been done by now. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously the teams that you know, just played in the Super Bowl or teams that are that maybe played in the conference championship and lost uh, will have made their changes. But coaching, the coaching hiring cycle is more of what you're going to continue to see that play out. You know, I mentioned it yesterday. Like I said, Aaron Curry wasn't hired by the Steelers until February 22nd last year. So you're going to continue to see coaching hires. If you think the coaching staff uh, in Pittsburgh is completely set, it's not set yet. Uh, they still got some things to work out there. 
Um, and then, of course, as we've seen, rumors are going to be just spreading like wildfire. This is because there's as as it's pointed out, what else is there to talk about right now? Right. Right. So this is the great period for rumors ahead of the combine and free agency mm -hmm. and everything. So and and getting those odds makers stories in, you know, so-and-so betting site projects five different quarterbacks. So I said the position to the Steelers, you know, that's, that's where these come in. This is where the week for that. This is the couple weeks for that. In fact, the next couple weeks between this past week and next week are going to be really quiet when it comes to that kind of stuff. And then of course I'll be at the combine in a couple of weeks. I got the credential submission in. So mm-hmm. I will assume we will be at the combine as long as the NFL lets us and they should. So uh, wait, we can't talk about long snapper. <laughs> we talk about Christian Koontz. In fact, uh, one of the better long snappers, I think of the, of the season this year, minus the one little head movement, I guess, throughout the season, but Christian Koontz, generally speaking, I didn't think it was either was pretty good. Here's a good question from Darren and we'll take questions all day for the next half hour here. Darren says, is Eric Rowe now the backup free safety behind Minka or does he have the capacity for other roles? Good question. I think Eric Rowe is a fine player to bring back for depth. I think Eric Rowe proved that he belongs on an NFL 53. I think Eric Rowe proves that he has some still left of the tank after playing. What did he get drafted? 2015. So about nine years now, he's about 31 years old. So I think he proved proved that he still has some worth. And I think he could be a really good rotational safety. And I don't think it's going to cost much to get a guy like Eric Rowe back in the building either. No, but I think what he did show um, is that he might have a market. You know, there, there probably won't be the, won't be the, the Steelers probably won't be Eric Rowe's only option. He sure. showed enough on the field where other teams are going to be interested. Um, obviously, that might not necessarily mean like a multi-year contract or anything like that, but it could mean you know, okay, of all the teams willing to offer a one-year deal, you know, who's willing to pay the most, and that might be what Eric Rowe decides to do. So, um, yeah. Um, I think uh, I think that would be a good uh, a nice depth piece to add uh, a guy who can play uh, you know a significant number of snaps uh, and and kind of be you know a complimentary piece you know assuming that Demonte Casey is retained as well he's still he's still under contract so yeah. if they keep him if they opt to not cut him and save some cap space then obviously your starting safeties are Casey and and Minka. And you know, if Eric Rowe is your third guy, you know that might be a might be a good guy to have. It's a good piece to have, and and they still will probably have to go get another safety. Um, Keanu Neal really didn't have a chance to come back at the end of this season uh, from his yeah. in, from his rib injury, and you know, of course, the defense is going to have to be reconfigured somewhat. Uh, Biad asked, "What does it say about you as a position behind center if you don't get linked to the Steelers in the next month or so?" Uh, that just shows that you're not worthy of competing with the guy they want you to compete with. They they want true competition with that position. And yeah. as Chris and I have talked about over the last week, which is why we're trying to temper some of the talk around that position today, it's obviously going to get brought up. Yeah. But the reason why we're tempering and, and the reason why we're, we're thinking about the true competition aspect is because going to get a guy that's clearly better than the guy they currently have is not true competition bringing guys that are comparable or close to the guy they currently have would be true competition. It's just a matter of, can the money work for that guy? Do they have to give up picks to get that guy? I mean, obviously they're going to draft one of those guys, I think, but 
it's just a matter of what they define as competition for that guy. If they want to bring in someone that's clearly better than the guy they currently have, then that's going to have to bump up that other guy. It's pretty, I think, fluid at this stage. And once free agency kicks off, obviously all, all cards are on the table. Yeah. So that's what the Steelers are prepared for right now with respect to that position is they're trying to gauge what that competition is going to look like and how they could, lack a better phrase here, pay for that competition to take place. Uh, just to kind of go back to the point mentioned earlier, um, there's not a lot of other things to talk about right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Steelers are in the market for that position. Um, they will, will remain in the market for that position. They are probably the most marquee franchise that need one that, or that, that need needs one. So mm-hmm. it, it's, it's just, it's not a surprise that every single one that's a possibility is being mentioned. Oh, is, Oh, this guy is, is a, is a trade target or this guy is uh, most likely to be traded to the Steelers or, or this guy is most likely to sign with the Steelers or, or it's because the Steelers are the most marquee franchise looking for one. And, there's a lot of different options. So at this point, I think just as a collective, it's just a whole bunch of people throwing darts and hoping so, and somebody's hoping that they hit a bullseye. Mm-hmm. Uh, State of the Steelers asked, why do you all think Allen Robinson, it says was added, but he was not added to those released uh, contract restructure. No, he hasn't been released yet. He hasn't been released yet, but that money's going to have to get moved sooner rather than later. It's an and, immediate $10 million savings. Right. And, and, th- and he's not worth, that kind of cap no for, for next season for this team. So I'll bring it up real quick. Um, that money's going to have to get moved or reallocated some way, somehow. And, and I think it's inevitable that he gets released just as an easy cap casualty as an easy $10 million in savings. Then they go draft another guy. I, I think that's the easiest, obvious route. Now he could always resign in Pittsburgh or restructure by adding a year or two into that deal. But yeah, I don't think that's going to be likely for a guy like Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson's cap hit for the upcoming season is going to be eleven point nine million dollars. Yeah, you cannot pay a number three receiver eleven point nine million dollars. It's not going to happen. So uh, saving uh, it immediately saves ten million dollars. Only one point nine million of that is guaranteed. So right. you save ten million dollars by mm-hmm. cutting him. Uh, Brent asks, are you both going to combine? No, it's just me. Um, no. Only one reporter from each outlet is allowed to go. Yeah. Uh, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, no, so, I think I think you can have multiple. I'm pretty sure. But we typically only send one. Right. There's not really I'm not saying it's overkill if 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 like outlets have multiple reporters there. But it's not. A, I mean, I covered it last year. Never once felt overwhelmed at all covering it. Dale covered it for years for us, too. So mm-hmm. um, it's not an event. It, it's It's actually less stressful than the senior bowl to me. I mean, um, I wasn't really a, stressed at the senior bowl, so no, it's just, it's a, it's a little bit more structured than the senior bowl. You know, like I said, you know, what we mentioned to it, the senior bowl is a lot like on is like speed dating, you know, <laughs> yeah. and not just for reporters, but for teams too, for, for executives to them getting to talk to players. They might only get to talk to a player for 30 seconds. Yeah. It's a free it. for all over there. It, it, it is. And so, um, the, the combine is more structured, at least when it comes to team meetings with players There are formal and then informal meetings. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's different. So um, it, no, the, the combine it, it's again, it's not overkill. You can never, I don't think you can have too much content, but one reporter will get enough done. But uh, by no, the way, Oh, go ahead. Now I'll just say Corey will be at the combine and then I will be at the owners meetings mm-hmm. um, in a, which are just a, a few weeks after the combine. And by the way, let's not forget the combine is not the end all be all. There is still pro day. 
for all of these programs, for all these mm-hmm. college football programs. So, uh, you know, they could meet at the con- – they might have met at the Senior Bowl. Let's just use the Steelers as an example. They might have met with some players at the Senior Bowl, and they did, definitely. Um, and then they continue those relationships at the Combine. And then once the Pro Day happens, that's when things get kind of deeper. That's when the Steelers start to really define what they're going to do in the draft. And obviously, by that point, by the time these Pro Days happen, free agency will have already come and gone, or come at least. Yeah. So – you know, you got to keep that in mind too. The combine is more of the the continuation of the process, and it, it's kind of a, um, like you said, the formal and informals get set up. Mm-hmm. The formals are really huge because when you think about the relationships starting at the senior bowl, and especially for the, obviously for the seniors, you know, at the combine they're going to get in with a lot more underclassmen, and then those mm-hmm. continue and those kind of meld together, you know, mesh together when it comes to. Uh, the pro days uh, useless knowledge asked does Patrick Peterson kick rocks. No, he does not. I think he actually picks the rocks back up. Now, whether the Steelers release him and then re- redo the money and, and pay him, you know, a significantly less amount than they're going to pay him next year. That's to be seen. But I think Patrick yeah. Peterson's going to be back in Pittsburgh. next he, year. Again. He's another guy where the salary does not match the production or at least it, it should based off of what we saw last year, his, his cap hit for the upcoming season season is going to be 9.775 mil. And so that to me is just even with the experience and everything that he's earned, I don't think the Steelers can afford to pay to have that much that big of a cap it for a player that might not be a full time starter at any one position. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you again, you could you can't restructure because he only has one year left. So you can. Um, you know, extend, you can, you know, sign into an extension and then have his cap hit lowered that way. Um, Mm -hmm. And then that kind of brings up what Swan asks. Uh, uh, He says, do you, or he asks, do you think that everyone who can be restructured will be the best way to answer that question is they will restructure as needed. Yeah. It all depends on what all they do. If they were to sign a Kirk cousins, let's just, I understand I brought one up and that's fine. I'm just using this as I'm using this. I'm using this as a hypothetical here. Um, you know, the biggest money person I can think of out there. If they were to sign a Kirk Cousins, they would have probably have to restructure just about everybody they possibly can um, ju- just to make the money work. But I don't foresee that happening. Um, so they will restructure as needed. If you can avoid restructuring contracts, do it. Because yep. again, that money always has to be accounted for. But a lot of these contracts, when they are first, um, when they're first signed, when they're first structured, um, they are structured, especially these longer term contracts. They are structured with the intention that they will be restructured down the line at some point. Yep. Uh, Jerry asks, do the Steelers get a new center? Let me answer it by answering it this way. If the Steelers go into this season with Mason Cole as their best center, they failed this off season. They have to get a new center at some, in some respect. Then, you know, reports are out there that say the Steelers want Mason Cole back as a backup center, as a guard. That's completely fine. But Mason Cole can't be the starting center for this team next year. Not in the Smith offense. Not with all the blunders he had last year. I love Mason Cole as a person. Nothing against the guy. He's a great guy. He's a great great guy. guy. Great Mm -hmm. locker. And and a great presence, by the way, for the locker room. You know, I think oftentimes that gets lost in the shuffle at, you know, we just look at what's on the field and, you know, what happens on Sundays. Mason Cole, as a guy in the locker room, really respected, really good voice for not just the offensive line, but also the team in a general sense, just a really good guy to have around. You you want a Mason Cole in your locker room. And that's why they want Mason Cole here. Now, again, it's hard to ignore the blunders and, you know, all of the missed snaps that he had last year. So 
if if they don't get a new center, I would consider that a fail, whether that's free agency or draft. Yeah, uh, they they definitely need to upgrade at center. I, I think it's very possible that Mason Cole stays on as kind of the first guy off the bench uh, whenever it comes to interior linemen. Um, the, it, it would be an expensive one. Let me see what Mason Cole's uh, cap hit would be. I mean, his cap hit's going to be 6.27, so 6.3 mil. I mean, that's that's it's fine. Yeah, I mean it's it's not a it's not a that's not the biggest cap hit you you'd prefer to not spend that kind of money on a backup lineman, but I mean shoot like Nate Nate Herbig, um he he's gonna have a five point four six mil uh, cap hit, so that kind of just goes to show. So Mason Cole's not gonna want to say if, if they if they invest uh, in like a like a high dollar free agent, I mean that that's gonna be your guy, and then if they draft. Let's just say, for example, Jackson Powers Johnson with the 20th overall pick. They're not invested in a 20th overall pick in a guy who's going to sit on the bench. Right. Um, that guy is going to come in. And if he doesn't start day one, he'll be a starter before the calendar rolls over, rolls over to October. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I'll answer this quickly from useless knowledge. Is it Najee on his fifth year or a signing? It would be a fifth year option for about $6 million, which if the Steelers don't do that, I don't know what they're doing. That's the easiest calls to pick up that fifth year for Najee and, yeah. and keep this whole thing going. Uh, Sebastian, I, think that, I think that question was more like, is he on it? Like, no, he's going into his fourth. He'll season. go into his fourth season, but they have to decide to pick up that fifth yeah. year. That's correct. That's they have to, and that. they have to do it. They have to do it this off season. They don't get to do it after the fourth year they have to decide before the fourth year whether they're going to pick up his fifth year option or not yeah so. uh sebastian asked do you think miles killebrew is going to ask for a lot of money from the steelers i think miles killebrew understands his role and understands where he fits in now i don't think he's going to get starting safety money from anybody in the nfl no i, I think he's going to be value for what he is and that's an elite special teamer in fact crowned as the best in pro football this year now they're, they might have to pay a couple extra bucks for that for his for and reward him, so to speak, mm-hmm. for the season he just had and for what he's worth to that unit and Danny Smith. So, yeah, I think he's going to I think he's going to ask for a lot of money. I'm not sure what he's going to get with respect to tailoring it for a special teamer, but I certainly think he gets a little bit of a pay raise. I'll be right back. I think my dog has to go outside and oh, I'd rather him go outside and then go in here. Wouldn't we all? All right. I'll, I'll, I'll do a few rapid fires here as well. Uh, Robert asks. Why not bring Edmonds back? Cheap knows the system. Players like him doesn't get hurt. Then spend the money elsewhere. I think that's fair. It just depends on how much money Edmonds is going to make on the market, which, quite frankly, I don't think it's going to be that much. So I think that's uh, I think that's a pretty reasonable ask if you want to get someone for depth in that regard. Uh, Bob asked, do you all see Deontay getting folded into a trade for no. Wilson or Fields? No, absolutely not. <laughs> no. I mean, uh, Bob, put it this way. Put it this way. If the Steelers trade Deontay Johnson for anything or or let Deontay Johnson go, the top receiving options are going to be George Pickens and most likely Calvin Austin. Yeah, it's that, our, the, the, and that would force the that would force the hands into drafting a receiver first round. They need so, to add to that room, not take away from it, especially yeah. when you're talking about your two most talented guys. I mean, I understand that there's a there's a <clears throat> varying opinion of of Deontay's value among fans but there's no denying that regardless of who you think is the one or the two that they are the clear top two and then there is a significant drop off from Deontay and Pickens down to who's number three who is right now would be Calvin Austin well actually technically would be Allen Robinson because he is under contract Mm -hmm. right now but let's just assume that he's gonna be cut um 
But even if it was Allen Robinson, it's still a significant drop off. It, it's really not. Uh, and I, yeah, some Pittsburgh fan forward to asked, even if we signed Tyler Boyd, I mean, obviously that, that, that would, I would rather than just sign Tyler Boyd. Yeah. Like, like if you're going to, because, okay, let, let's, let's look at Deontay's contract real quick. So his cap hit this upcoming season is going to be 15.8 mil. Okay. That's a big, that's a big cap hit. All right, here, let's, let's actually, let's do this. Let's pull up his loveoverthecap.com it allows you to be interactive with this stuff. So Go last, it. last year of his contract. So you could try to, oh, you can't restructure. You can try to do an extension. Go for it. And if you and if you do an extension, the estimated savings on his cap hit for this season would be seven point one mil. The estimated, obviously, it depends on how, on what they would do, how they would assign him to an extension. Uh, he will be an extension candidate. Do I think he like is a hold in? You know, during camp, maybe not. I don't think it's as likely as it was last time. Because uh, sure. he was abs- I mean, he was coming off of a season in which he caught 100 passes and you know uh, had at least a thousand yards. Um, but I, I'm I'm in agreeing I'm agreeing with Teresa that that Deontay is not going no. anywhere. I just, it, I, yeah, it just put it this way: like make this make sense, okay? If Kenny Pickett is on a floundering year, right? We're saying this is make or break for Kenny Pickett, or they're going to bring in somebody else, whether it's 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 Mason or it's Tannehill or Fields or whoever it is. Wouldn't you want Weapons at the disposal. Like, if you trade Deontay Johnson and include him in a trade for a quarterback, that's not really an addition to your quarterback room because you're then you're going to be handicapping him with George Pickens and Calvin Austin. And no disrespect to George Pickens, but George hasn't developed all the way into a true one just yet, in my opinion. Yeah. I think he's very freakishly athletic. I think he's very talented. I think he can be a one. He's not there yet. Okay. And and, and and we have to see with the new coordinator, too. You got to give this coordinator some some players to use too okay i i'm gonna put the shoe on the other foot here okay. uh and i'm not saying that tjk is is is, oh, is 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 coming is coming at it from this angle i'm just i'm using this as a way to go into a different direction tjk says his contract extension wasn't wasn't worth it the last time now a lot of people a lot of fans really ripped into deontay for 20 during the 22 season for not scoring a touchdown right that was sure. one of the best, probably the biggest knock on Deontay that season was, oh, he runs backwards too much. And blah, blah, blah. Even though I have an article that kind of disproves it, that it, it seemed like it happened more often than it did. Um, but one of the big things was that he didn't score a touchdown. He won a whole season without scoring a touchdown. Yet, Kenny Pickett's barely thrown for any touchdowns at all. And the immediate excuse there is, oh, well, he has had a bad coordinator. Yeah, can't have it both ways, man. Uh, you either you it's either because of the coordinator, it, either the coordinator is the main culprit to Kenny Pickett not throwing enough touchdowns or Deontay not scoring any touchdowns in 2022, or it's just both of those guys aren't who aren't who you think you aren't who you think they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, it, it's just yeah, and 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 you know what, DK and I are are gonna we are gonna agree on everything, and that's fine. No. Uh, and actually, uh, DK uh, complimented my uh, uh, gave me a compliment on that particular article. By the way, so it's not that it. it yeah, you, there are ways to disagree about something without mm-hmm. being like hostile about it. Believe it or not, in today's day and age, Jeff says restructured <laughs> Deontay Johnson, T.J. Watt, and Cam Hayward. I can't think restructure have to, Deontay. You can't Hayward. restructure Deontay or Hayward because there's only one year left on their respective deals, and you can extend them. 
they're not going to and and Johnson or Hayward are not going to do that. I just don't think they're going to do that. TJ, I don't think they're going to restructure because why would TJ do that? Why would well, TJ no agree no? To that? Well, the, so the team has the has the right to restructure TJ. Okay, for uh, TJ, you're right. You're he right. will he will be, he will be restructured, yeah. but Hayward and Deontay. What you have to do with those is you have to sign them to an extension, and you can sign them to an extension where they're not taking a pay cut. What you're doing is you're signing them to an extension that is actually going to pay them more money, you know, than what they're going to be making this year. But maybe their overall AAV goes down over a three-year span or however long. And both of those guys are in certain situations where, regardless of how you think it happened, Deontay has been less productive than he was prior to signing his previous. Uh, signing his extension that he got last time, right? He has been less productive, regardless of what you think. And I have my theories of why, regardless, he's been less productive. So mm-hmm. in turn, in because of that, his contract, his next contract probably won't be for as much or as high of an AAV. So he probably understands that his agent probably understands that came Hayward also probably understands in his situation. He knows he's near the end of his career whether it's next year's is last year or two years from now or whenever it is, he's near the end. Right. And so he could then sign an extension that's that secures him an X amount of money over the next two, three seasons and also lowers his $22 million cap hit this year. Mm-hmm. So there's a way so that both teams, so both the team and the players can be in win-win situations. Right. Right. All right. Let's, let's get back to a few questions here. Um, let's see, Bob. Do you see Jackson Powers Johnson worth at number 20? Absolutely. If he's the right center, if any player is the right player, they're worth it at that pick. Like at this stage, there's so many needs the Steelers have. And if Jackson Powers Johnson is the center for the Pittsburgh Steelers for the next eight, 10 years, five, seven, eight, 10 years. Okay. Worth the pick. Absolutely. It's it's the draft is always subjective when it comes to the outside looking in. And it's always subjective up until you see results on the field in the rookie, sophomore, third year, whatever years. Because, like, okay, Joey Porter Jr., for example, getting down to the second round, even though it was pick 32. Like, should he have been the first corner taken? Probably. You know, should Keanu Benton have been taken sooner than when he was, what was it, outside of the top 50 or at 49, right at 49? Probably. Keanu Benton probably should have been picked higher. And I was really high when the Steelers picked Keanu Benton. Like, the draft is subjective. Guys fall for reasons. Guys are picked higher for reasons. And the draft is never a one-to-one process. If everybody had an idea of the draft, if everybody was able to prognosticate the draft, we wouldn't have all this, all these months of discussion because we would already have these picks set in stone months before they happen. Yeah. Like at the time of last year's draft, think about Carolina and Houston at one and two. Bryce Young versus C.J. Stroud. The narrative around Stroud was, well, Ohio State can't develop NFL-ready quarterbacks. The narrative around Young was that he's more athletic, he's faster, he fits what Carolina wants to do. And the exact opposite happened. The exact opposite result happened in in year one for both of those guys. And Stroud was the offensive rookie of the year by a landslide. And it was a borderline MVP candidate. The draft is always subjective. Like, if you would have told me last February the Steelers were going to trade up to get Broderick Jones, I would have had a hard time seeing the path as to why they would do that or how they would do that. But if you just told me they're going to trade up and they're going to pick Broderick Jones, I would have said, okay, Broderick Jones, fine. How do they trade up or who do they trade up with? Because at the time, I was like, okay, Joey Jr. at 17. I loved Brian Branch coming out, and I think he had a good rookie year. I thought Kalijah Kansi could have been an option for the Steelers at 17. 
I thought offensive line could have been an option. So it just really is subjective, and it depends on the flow of the draft. Like, who saw Detroit doing what they did in the draft last year and throwing the big monkey wrench into it by – so you know, trading back and getting Gibbs, and who saw Eric, who saw Houston trading back up to get Anderson? Who saw all of that happen? It's so hard, and it's very finite to determine and, and detect the draft. And really, all you could do, I think, is just look at and scout these players. And what I saw from Powers Johnson at the Senior Bowl, he was dominant all week, and then he left on Thursday and didn't play in the game because he knew he owned the first two days of the Senior Bowl. And Mike Tomlin got to talk to him, and Isaac Williams got to see him. So that's where you kind of base. That's where I kind of rather base my thinking off of. Yeah. I just, do I think that he's a good pick at 20? Honestly, and this is going to sound like a cop out, but I don't care. The best answer to that, to that question is, is he the best player available at that point? Is there a tackle or a cornerback or a receiver or a player of any other position where the Steelers have any kind of quasi need at all? in which there's a better player available. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is who you should take. It does not matter what position they play to a certain point. Best player available. If Powers Johnson is there, and yet a guy who was projected to be possibly top 10, a top 10 pick, and, and he's a tackle, but he's fallen because of some minor thing that the Steelers are absolutely sure there's not a big deal, maybe they take that tackle because you can absolutely use a a legitimate tackle in this league. You need to have a legitimate tackle. And if it's not Broderick Jones, then maybe, you know, it's this guy because Broderick Jones, especially at left tackle, because Broderick Jones has showed he can play right tackle. He's got more room to grow, especially as a pass protector, no matter what. And he might do better on the left side because that's what he's used to playing. But either way, you know, you have a guy who's going to be, who's had a good rookie year and can trend up. Right. And so it, it, can never hurt to take another tackle. And if he's a better player than Powers Johnson, then that's who I would prefer the Steelers to take because that's what they need to be doing in the draft is best player available, not reaching for certain positions. Oh, we need a center really bad. So he's the best guy and he's there yet. You pass on a potential shutdown corner or you uh, pass on a potential franchise left tackle, or you pass on a guy who might be even better than George Pickens or Deontay Johnson. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Keep in mind this too. Our, our draft board and our analysis sitting here in our living rooms and in our studios and everything and you listening at home, our thoughts of what the Steelers need or could do or should do are more likely different than what Art Rooney and Mike Tomlin, Omar Khan, and Andy Weidel are looking at and saying, at 20, here's the direction we're going. And if the draft goes this way, here's the direction we're going. They're considering everything in that vacuum right now. And let's say, okay, I'm just thinking back to the Senior Bowl and players that Mike Tomlin really kept a close eye on. And I have four on the top of my mind, okay? Jackson Powers Johnson, five actually. Jackson Powers Johnson, Oklahoma tackle Tyler Guyton, Toledo corner Quinion Mitchell, Michigan receiver Roman Wilson, Georgia receiver Lad McConkey. okay? Five, all five of those guys are at positions of need for the Steelers. Tackle, center, wide receiver, cornerback, right? Now, if... Lad McConkey is there at 20, which he will be, he should be. And Mike Tomlin likes what he sees at the combine. He likes what he does at the pro day. He likes the meeting. The Steelers need a receiver. Lad McConkey could be the pick. If JPJ is there and Mike Tomlin liked what he saw at the senior bowl and he has a good meeting with JPJ in Indianapolis and he likes what he sees at the pro day and he likes what he sees, could be JPJ. 
if he likes Tyler Guyton enough at the at the Senior Bowl, and, and Isaac Williams was right there next to Guyton the whole week, and Guyton has a good combine, he has a good pro day, good meetings, could be Guyton. All of these options, what I'm trying to say is, they're doing these processes for a reason, right? And, and the reason why when I went to Mobile and I said, okay, Mike Tomlin was really on top of Quinion Mitchell versus Roman Wilson all day on Wednesday. That's because, number one, he wanted to see the matchup. Number two, it's because he probably was looking at both of them, things mm-hmm. that he wanted to see from both of them, not just Mitchell and not just Wilson. There's a reason why he specifically put his hand in there and did that and was on top of the play. I mean, he was from me to my camera away from the play. If he was any closer to it, they would have asked him to put a jersey on. So there's a reason why all of these things happen. And and the reason why, you know, I'm sitting here gushing over JPJ or McConkie or Guyton, it's because that's what Tomlin did. That's what Weidel did. That's what Khan did when they were in Mobile. This is what they were looking at. And look, my my number one center might be JPJ. Yours might be Zach Frazier. That's completely fine. And both of those are viable options within the first couple of rounds for the Steelers. It's just a matter of how the draft falls as well. And it's a matter of how these meetings go in Indianapolis and at the pro days now. This is a really just like, what's the word I'm looking for? Multi-layered process. This is like an onion. And, mm-hmm. and, these, and these picks don't always work out. All of this stuff they do doesn't always work out. And as it's mentioned here, Rick brings it up here. What is the first round success rate? How many of them get second contracts for their team? We've been sitting here all week talking about the last handful of drafts and how there's only a couple of players left over on the Steelers, the current Steelers, mm-hmm. from these last few drafts, not with not 2023 with hell. So, like, yeah, the Steelers haven't done well in the draft lately, and maybe if they go, quote-unquote, against the grain compared to what they've done in the past, that could be a good thing. Let's, yeah. let's open our minds to that, too. If JPJ is unconventional at 20, or if you think he's unconventional, okay. But that's at least something different compared to where, you know, the Steelers might have made a pick and you felt really good about it. And that guy was off the team in two years. Good point so, here by Pittsburgh fan four and two free agency will determine a lot. And and it will, you know, if the Steelers uh, happen to sign, you know, uh, a big time uh, free agent center, which I, I don't think there's really I mean, the, the, the guy from the Dolphins who's uh, coming off of the uh, ACL injury. Obviously, he's not going to be available to play all season, but he could be a guy who you kind of take on a, on a, on a low buy uh, high risk type situation, because if he were to come back and play to a similar form, you've got a legitimate center. Right. Um, But that's not a guarantee. But if the Steelers were to, were to sign a center, you know, a guy who is absolutely starter capable and can play well in Arthur Smith's system, they might not feel the need uh, to, Okay, it's got to be Jackson Powers Johnson at twenty. They may get to into a situation like Monongahela Mike comes in, you know, uh, brings up and says, "I would struggle between JPJ and Quinion Mitchell." Well, guess what? If they sign a center, then they that might be a, that might make a decision like that a lot easier. Like right, take Quinion Mitchell because if it's kind of like a 50-50, okay, where's the bigger need? You know, obviously that would be corner at that point. Or if it's the opposite, if they sign Snead in free agency from, from the chiefs and they still kind of, and Mason Cole is still your de facto number one center and Jackson powers. Johnson is there at 20. That might be a slam dunk pick right there. So yeah. uh, it, it just, it, it, and there's still a lot to play out because right now we're talking about Jackson powers, Johnson being a legitimate option at 20. 
there might be enough that happens over the you know during the combine and during pro days and everything like that where all of a sudden he turns into a bona fide top 10 or top 15 pick and then there's not a chance that the Steelers even sniff him at 20. You know, that doesn't typically happen with a lot of centers, but it can, you know, so uh, Mm -hmm. it just it just depends. I love this from Darren. Get the 10 year starter. Forget the position. Forget if it's, you know, a position uh, that you like or a position that you want. What if the pick at 20 is something unconventional? Now, it's not going to be punter. Let's not get crazy. What if they get a starter for the next 10 years at center or at? corner or a tackle whatever it is they get a guy for the next let's say seven to eight years let's just be more generous with that 10 years is a lot in the nfl let's say seven to eight years if they go to the second contract if they could get to a second contract with the 20th pick that's a win for me like right now it's easy to sit here and say well the 23 class was so good like broderick jones we can we can envision getting a second contract joey porter jr keanu bett and nick herbig we can envision getting sec uh, uh Second contracts. Yeah, I did break the rule, Teresa. I did break the rule. Sorry. <laughs> My point is, is getting that second contract is a finite thing. It's a hard thing for this for these guys to project this early on. But if the pick at 20 gets to the second contract, it's a good pick. If they don't, it still might be a good pick, but they haven't made many good picks in recent memory outside of 23. Yeah, so of their first-round picks since uh, just going back, you know, last year was Broderick Jones. Okay, jury's still out on that one. Then 22, Pickett. Jury's still out, but you're running out of time. Uh, Najee, I mean, he's going to get at least a fifth-year option. So of those three so far, definitely the, the one you feel best about for sure. Uh, didn't have one in 2020, but they got Minka with that pick that they traded. So, okay, good use of a first-round pick because you got yourself a, the best safety in football. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2019, Devin Bush, bad. 2018, Terrell Edmonds, uh, I like the player, but not for a first round value. Um, and then 2017 TJ Watt. And, and like, that's an obvious, but you, you look at it, it's been very hit and miss either. They've really hit with TJ Watt or trading the the 2020 pick for, for Minka or Najee right now, maybe not to a, as much of an extent as TJ or Minka, but still Najee up there being a, produ- a productive first round pick as of right now. Yeah. And then you've got, massive swing and miss like Devin Bush, or you've got a big, big one where if Kenny Pickett doesn't work out in year three, that's a massive miss because not only is it a miss on a first round pick, but it's a miss for a quarterback in the first round. Uh, so it just, it, it makes it so they definitely need to, no matter what they need to make sure that this, that this pick is going to work, which is why best player available. That's just the best. It's always the best way to go in the draft. Best player available. The Steelers did it for years. Go back and look from 2000 through 2012 of all those first round picks. There's not really one bad first round pick in that entire span right there. There There's a few in there. You're kind of like, man, didn't really live up to a first round hype or anything like that, but they were still a productive player to us to a certain extent. Ziggy hood might've been the worst one of that entire run. And Ziggy Hood wasn't a bad player. Just, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. All right. Good stuff today, Chris. Good, good questions from the chat. We appreciate hey, all I... of that insight. Uh oh, you got a doggo? No, my, you got a doggo. My son wanted to wanted to say say uh, say something. Did he get his n i n t e n d o s w i t c h back? Nice. He did. So my son wants to say hi. hi. <laughs> hey man. Hey man. Look at that. Number two, right there. Future Steelers beat writer, twenty forty, coming your way. Check that out. As long as he goes, as long as he goes to to college, I'm, I'm all right. He got his he got his SWITCH back. Everything good then? Yeah, everything's good, man. Right. No, he he got it back last night. He's uh, 
he's happy about it. He's actually been playing with it while I do my nice. show. So nice, good, yeah. good. Well, hey, go enjoy it. Today's the first fish fry Friday of Lent, so I need oh, to, I need to go place my order before the backlog happens, and I don't eat until nine o'clock. That's how we're we're in Pittsburgh fish fry territory now, and. Those that live around here know how intense that can get. That is a that's a game, and you, everybody has the best fish fry, right? Everybody has number one. Everybody has the best fish in the city. Uh, <laughs> I have to go order mine before. Uh, yeah, can he punt? I actually have to get on to my son. So, uh, like, uh, like constantly in the backyard for trying to punt the soccer ball or football in the backyard because I mean, we have a decent sized backyard, but it's obviously like I live in a in a you know very sub, you know, like suburban neighborhood, and so we got backyards all around us. And so it doesn't yeah. take, <laughs> he could probably snap the ball, but I don't think he could block anybody. Barber <laughs> <laughs> can't be punting balls into Mrs. Johnson's yard. You got to be careful. <laughs> got to be careful. All right. Yeah. Everybody have a great weekend. Enjoy it. Enjoy your fish fry. If that's uh, what you're down for tonight, what's his favorite yeah, switch game? What's already, uh... What is his favorite switch game? Oh man. Um, Mine, I don't know. He, I mean, he really likes Mario Kart, he really likes Super Smash Brothers. Uh, he kind of he gets in, he gets in different, he's a lot like me, he gets in different mood, uh, different moods. Like for a while, he'd be in a really big Mario Kart mood, and then he'll get into a really big Super uh, Super Smash Brothers mood. Which that one, I've got to kind of pull the reins back a little bit because he can get really intense with Super Smash Brothers. I get it. I used um, to play in tournaments. Believe me, I get so it. So he he did he did an esports uh, tournament at, at his school, uh, and it, it got a little intense. I'll put it Ooh, that way. There you go. Um, but uh, then he'll get into different. Like I remember for a long time, he was really into Luigi's Mansion Three. Yeah. huge into Luigi's Mansion. He was playing that a lot. Um, I just need you all to know I'm taking your money in Mario Kart if you ever challenge me. Like, <laughs> not even close. No, I'm I'm like more of a, I'm more of a PS5 guy. I play uh, I, the two games I play the most of uh, are World of Chell and NHL, uh, and then I play um, uh, Battlefield. Nice. Uh, I used to play Call of Duty, but I just got so tired of the dolphin diving. Yeah. And so I just, yeah, Battlefield's just, uh, it's a, it's a better simulation to me than Call of Duty is now, just cause it's, it's gotten so, so bad with yeah. the, with the theatrics and everything like that in Call of Duty. And why do I need Nicki Minaj freaking doing crap to me while, while I'm playing Warzone or anything? Yeah, like I'm that? good on that. I, uh, I've been playing Red Dead Redemption 2 in the PlayStation 5. It was like mm. 20, it was like 20 bucks over the last it might still be that cheap but i played the like finals for a little while did you play the finals it was free on oh. on the playstation store uh yeah i played that for a little while it's 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 interesting i really like the concept of the game like uh you got to do this cash out thing and so there's three teams of three all in this big arena and you've got to like essentially go to this one point you got to capture this little cash thing and you got to go to this point and cash it out but it takes a certain amount of time so you have to then defend that while it cashes out because if you don't defend it somebody else can steal it and then they start cashing it out Mm -hmm. so it's a really cool concept it's just that the overall gameplay was very um call of duty ish two games i can't recommend enough if you want a really hard challenge cuphead if you haven't played it uh, these are kind of older by this point. They're about five years old now. Uh, Cuphead, number one. It's like in the art style of like 40s, 30s, 40s Disney cartoons. Looks really cool. Really well-made game. Really hard game, too. And then Celeste. Again, about five years old, but I, I've just been playing it my first playthrough. It was like five bucks. And uh, really strong themes. Really strong story. Uh, really fun gameplay. Celeste, I can't recommend enough. Those are two that I've been playing lately, too. So, um cool. 
But yeah, have a good weekend, everybody. Enjoy what you may. I will be at Pitt Basketball tomorrow on Saturday, and then we'll be back Monday. Uh, DK and Ramon coming up in about uh, 15, 20 minutes or so. Get ready for that, and uh, stay tuned for more Southside Beat. Remember, give us a like, share, subscribe if you haven't. Those go a very long way. And we're available on Apple Podcasts and Google Play and Spotify for playback audio only. Check out the feed on DKPittsburghSports.com. Can't be missing that either. And uh, spring training is here, so we got plenty of Pirates stuff coming too if you're into that. So oh, yeah, enjoy no, that. No, oh, no, no DK. DK room. That's right. Yeah, that's right. DK might be asleep still. He just got back from Chicago. <laughs> he might be taking I don't blame a nap. him. He had a heck of a 48 yeah. hours. Yeah, he did. And two well, Penguins games, one of them in Pittsburgh, one of them in Chicago. Yeah, that's a... That's a long a, week. That's a yeah. That's a that's a long two, uh, couple of days right there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, enjoy your weekends, everybody. We'll talk to you Monday. Cheers.